really like live by the philosophy of paying yourself first. So the minute that paycheck hits my account, the first thing I do is I divide a, a little bit to go into savings and a little bit to go into an investment account because I want to know that I have myself covered for whatever emergency or whatever goal I've set for myself in the future. Like that's the most important thing to me. And then I can, you know, kind of divide and conquer the rest. If I want to, you know, go to a concert this weekend or whatever, at least I know that what's important to me has been covered rather than, you know, spending some of it on groceries, spending some of it going out and then, oh, I have a hundred bucks left at the end of the month. Maybe I'll save that. Right. But if you're really conscious about what you want to save and what goals you want to meet first, and you're taking care of that, then I feel like it makes the rest moving forward a little bit easier because you know, like you don't have to panic about saying, oh, you know, what if I spend too much? What if I, you know, like stressing about it? Because you think, oh, okay, I already put that money aside, so I don't have to worry about it. It's taken care of. Alpha Relations. Driving change forward. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Alpha Relations. My name is Luca and I'm here with Alan and Alex. Hello. Hello, hello. And today we have a special guest. She has international professional experience in leadership and personal development. And she is human relations very own as well like us. <laughs> she is the founder of Future Me Finance. Maria Stanichi. <laughs> did I get it right? <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Thank you. You did get it right. It takes a lot of Let's practice. No, my last name scares people off, but thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going we're gonna to start off this episode like we do with all our guests. Just like giving you the floor, the floor just to talk about yourself, who you are, and um, how you came to becoming friends with Alpha. Okay. Well. I don't know. You want the whole origin story? Where I'm from? Everything? <laughs> so um, I'm originally from Edmonton, Alberta, which is a city out west. Uh, honestly, not too much going on there. The reason I came to Montreal, <laughs> a lot more happening here. Um, but I do love my hometown. It, it's got its charm. Uh, but I moved to Montreal in 2016 to study at Concordia University in human relations with y'all. And I really only came to know you guys last semester through Zoom and our <laughs> pandemic university courses. I met Alan and Luca in our uh, like big final project course, uh, AHSC 435, our big fieldwork project, um, and came to learn about the podcast through there. And yeah, we had all our big Friday night hangouts on Zoom, having our little Zoom parties. And yeah, that's really how I got to know all y'all nice yep <laughs> hey we we had a good time we had a great time That's those true. Friday nights are really what got us through the whole pandemic online schooling so it's true so like if you don't have virtual Friday nights you're, you're doing it wrong for all yous out there yeah <laughs> I'm kidding uh just uh moving forward with that uh, when we met Maria um a little bit of the backstory that came to be so uh, our professor in our fieldwork course uh, one day had said, all right, I want you guys to virtually circulate from breakout room to breakout room and go see what other groups are doing and perhaps um, take in some of their ideas and maybe offer your own. And yeah, um, have fun. Have a, have a field day. Have a blast. 
So it's an 8.45 morning course. Mm. Most of us, I mean, especially can imagine for our, our Western friends out here, you know, Maria waking up so early, um, it, it's not exactly the most exciting thing. And I believe that you have to make the best out of it. We were all at home, we're isolated. And for myself, I had a lot of fun in this course. Um, if you were in the cor- in that class, you know exactly what I mean. But just to give the listeners out there an idea, the moment that a group of wonderful ladies, uh, you know, swung by again, virtually speaking, I just quickly you know said, "All right, well, let me just give them the rundown as if I'm a salesman and I want to sell you the half-ass, you know, piece of shit Honda." All right, and I'm just gonna <laughs> tell it like it is. All right. Anyway, long story short, I gave them, you know, the whole spiel of what my field work along with two uh, good friends, colleagues of mine in the program, what we were up to. And we were running a an emerging uh, adult um, career development program that was going to be held in five or six different uh, stages, workshops. And one of them was going to be regarding personal finances or the uh, the your your fundamentals regarding financing for young adults, especially coming out of college, university, what have you. And right away, you know, uh, what happens afterwards, we all go back into the main session and I get a private message from Maria saying, hey, I really like what you had to say, especially particularly uh, regarding the whole finance part. And I like to be a participant and also, if possible, you know, implement my own little, you know, two piece, um, two cents regarding this program that I'm, I'll be launching within the new year. So we got into communication on the side and Maria told us, you know, this lovely little project that she has started that is blowing up. And Maria, why don't you tell us what this project is of yours? Yeah, so Future Me Finance is a program that I developed to help young adults learn to have a better money mindset and understanding of finances so that they can uh, meet their goals and live by their values. Awesome. (laughs) I think that's something that's very necessary, especially today for like the future generations, because I know personally, like in high school, that wasn't something that was a part of our curriculum or anything that we were ever taught. So that's just kind of something that I either had to learn on my own or have family like help me with. But sometimes families don't uh, necessarily feel comfortable talking to their children about finances. So it's something that's really important. Um, And before we actually get more into the program, you just mentioned uh, having a money mindset. So if you could explain a little bit what that means and how one can achieve it, that would be awesome. So I think it's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I think that whether we realize we have a money mindset or not, we all have one. It can Mm -hmm. be something that, you know, maybe we have an avoidant type of mindset with money where we don't want to look at our bank account. We don't want to look at our credit card statement and we just pretend it doesn't exist and run away from it. And that's the mindset that, you know, a lot of people have, or it's one that money is everything and people feel the need to hoard it. And they are scared, uh, you know, to spend money on anything. And I think for a while, that was really the kind of mindset that I had, especially because I had moved across the country when I was like 19 or 20. And I started living on my own with a roommate and I became in charge of everything for myself. And I can remember like literally standing in the grocery store debating over like which like jug of milk to buy because this one's 25 cents more and like you know standing there like feeling like this 25 cents was so important when in reality like I could have grabbed either jug of milk and moved on with my day it really wasn't like this oh like this huge thing but to me it just felt it's so overwhelming right Mm -hmm. so the the mindset I realized I had was 
was pretty negative around money. And it wasn't until I really reflected on that and that it clicked for me that I thought, okay, what can I do to change that? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, good. Thank you for explaining that a little bit. I think that is something that I've personally struggled with in terms of like, okay, do I buy this thing to like, you know, make me happy and it'll be useful? Or is like, do I save my money because I could buy something maybe later that's better and bigger or whatever. So it's definitely something that I feel like a lot of people struggle with or at least determining what their money mindset is. So that's really interesting. Um, so going back a little bit to the program and about uh, Future Me Finance. So what does the program itself like have to offer? So what are the uh, what is the importance, my bad, of setting some realistic goals and values? And what do those values mean in terms of like the relationship with finance to finance? So the program is really um, a four part process. So I start off um, by something I call um, uncovering the past. So looking back at the relationship your family had with money, what are issues or challenges that maybe your grandparents faced or your parents faced that caused you to live in this bubble that people related to money in a certain way, whether it was like a really negative mindset or an avoidant mindset, or maybe a mindset of overspending, like, you know, we'll have enough money, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, and just spend, spend, and spend. Um, so I think it's really important that we look at the past, um, because sometimes the stories that we have with money aren't really our own. They're the things our parents taught us, our grandparents taught us. And so how can we start to set our own boundaries and our own relationship with money if, you know, maybe the way we interact with it isn't truly our own behavior? And then after that, I do something called discover the present. So really looking at, okay, what is it that you value uh, and why and what's important to you and what's not important to you? And then moving forward, I call it recovering the future. So making future plans based on everything you've uncovered and discovered in the previous sessions, um, really looking at setting goals for yourself um, that are aligned with your values. And lastly, we wrap up with some budgeting and an action plan based on everything that we've learned and the goals that we've set. And I think that it is really important that we learn to live um, by our values and connecting our money to that because our money is such a powerful tool. Mm -hmm. You know, if we really want to help, let's say, small business owners succeed and we want to see our neighborhood succeed, we have a choice whether we spend, you know, our dollar at a big box store or, you know, the bakery down the block, right? And mm-hmm. those little things can totally impact our quality of life when you're, you know, walking in and seeing the, the same person every day at the baker's counter. And you know that, you know, that person lives down the block and, you know, little things like that yeah. um, can really impact the, the way we live and kind of have this more community feel. So really like what is important to you and mm-hmm. how can you live by that, right? Yeah. I think that played a, a big factor like during COVID, especially with like everybody saying to support your local business because, you know, they were struggling more financially than, you know, Walmart or where wherever that's bigger and sells more. Yeah. And I think we still we still support that message, mm-hmm. you know, support your local businesses, regardless of COVID or non-COVID times. Mm hmm. That's true. So, Luca, why don't you stop buying stuff online, man? All right. <laughs> okay, I'm the one buying stuff online. <laughs> I've seen your Amazon. Yeah. History, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to continue forward with that, that sounds honestly that that's 
when I think of that, you know, just I, I think of my own, especially based off of how you just drew out your program for us with the different stages here. And I'm just looking back at my own, you know, personal history with finances. I've had moments where it's felt daunting. Um, I've had moments where it's felt uncertain. And these days, you know, I, I live by a simple philosophy, you know, where I'm comforted by it. But I know it, it does need to evolve, especially, you know, knowing the fact that, um I'm right around the corner from getting a, a full-time career. And that means that I'll probably be getting the most amount of income that I've ever had, you know, especially at this age. And that's that's a lot of power in my own hands. And I think when we talk about values, that's, I, I personally believe for myself and especially for anyone, that that should truly be considered, right? Because the second that you have that, like you ask yourself like, well, what happens now? And I don't think a lot of people around our age ask ourselves what, what happens with the money that they get. And that includes my me because I I've joked about it with you guys like I mean I mean you give me you know eighteen hundred dollars to two k you know with a biweekly period and if that's my first paycheck I mean the impulse in me just wants to blow that like right away <laughs> mm-hmm. right but I know that's not reasonable I know that's 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 me abusing that power right there and that's for myself that's that that's my own future there moving forward you know, no mm-hmm. puns intended of course but. Um, I think that's so great, but what I want to ask you, just moving next, um, what ha- what progress has been made thus far? So we know this is a, this is a rather emergent time. Things have been moving online as we cannot, you know, gather in person. But just give us a little idea of uh, of the work that's been done so far. So um, yeah, I launched the program in uh, December, uh, and then took a little break to celebrate the holidays and whatnot, and then really tried to get into the swing of things uh, come the new year. So I've really been in the beta testing process with um, a few um, students and recent graduates from Concordia uh, and looking at, um, you know, all those four stages and, and what's the most helpful for people at, at this time. And something you brought up is actually really interesting because it did come up with someone that I worked with is this idea that, you know, they thought, oh, when I graduate and I have a full-time job, um, I'm just going to have more money and so it'll be easier to save it. And then they say to me, well, Maria, I've had more money now that I've been working full time for like a year and uh, I don't have anything to show for it. Like my bank account doesn't look any bigger. (laughs) So if you don't have that planning piece, right, um, you know, you can have the values that you want to live by and, you know, what money means to you and whatnot. But if you don't have that piece that says, "Okay, I'm going to allocate this much here and allocate that much there. And it's can really be boring. It's sometimes not the most fun thing to sit down and, you know, create a budget or a spreadsheet for yourself. But I think that's the piece that is also really important. So I think just as important as it is to decide those values that you want to live by and set those goals, you also have to have action accompanying it or else you don't really get anywhere. And you can't really live by those values or meet those goals if you don't have that action piece attached to it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like, I, I can't remember which, like it was one of Alan's workshops because Alan, Alan was doing a whole workshop of career career development for his field work and stuff and we sort of had one on, on finances and I remember just like the um, the one on budgeting was just like really interesting. And I think it's just a great tool, I think, to really get in control of your finances and just really um, tracking everything and being able to actually make a plan to to save everything. You know, and I think that, that I think that's something I think you're sort of like stressing in um, your message over here for, you know, young adults just to take the time, even if it's boring, like all the finances stuff, really just to take the time to you know, really get yourself organized and, and really track everything that you're spending money on. Cause I, I know from personal experience, I, I spend way too much money on food. <laughs> it's bad, especially in the summer. 
um you know late nights yo you just you're you're buying a you few meals your and yo <laughs> <laughs> yo late night the late night buys at like 3 a.m are dangerous so you know <laughs> well there's curfew cool now luca so well now there's curfew but there wasn't back in the good times <laughs> but just considering that um and I, I'm not exactly too sure if, if it was asked before, but Maria, what do you value in terms of your finances? Can you give us like any concrete examples, maybe tied to a story if there is any? Yeah, I think for me, probably a lot of the biggest lessons I learned were from my parents. For instance, like I really like live by the philosophy of paying yourself first. So the minute that paycheck hits my account, the first thing I do is I divide a a little bit to go into savings and a little bit to go into an investment account because I want to know that I have myself covered for whatever emergency or whatever goal I've set for myself in the future. Like that's the most important thing to me. And then I can, you know, kind of divide and conquer the rest. If I want to, you know, go to a concert this weekend or whatever, at least I know that what's important to me has been covered rather than, you know, spending some of it on groceries, spending some of it going out and then, oh, I have a hundred bucks left at the end of the month, maybe I'll save that, right? But if you're really conscious about what you want to save and what goals you want to meet first, and you're taking care of that, then I feel like it makes the rest moving forward a little bit easier because you know, like you don't have to panic about saying, oh, you know, what if I spend too much? What if I, you know, like stressing about it? Because you think, oh, okay, I already put that money aside. So I don't have to worry about it. It's taken care of. So that's the mm-hmm. way I like to, to go about it because that was really always stressed by my parents and stuff. And I can remember actually when I wanted to move out for the first time, sitting down with my mom and, you know, we took an account like of every little expense I would have. And we made sure to account for the fact that, okay, what if an emergency does come up? Like, are you going to feel comfortable, you know, having saved only 25 bucks at the end of the month or like how much do you actually feel you need to be comfortable with each month? So I sat down with her and I said, okay, I think if I can save $250 at the end of every month, then I'll feel comfortable enough to move out on my own. And that's how I made that decision. And that number can look different for everyone, depending on like what other cushions you have or how much expenses um, you have and what your income is. But that was always really important and always um, taught to me by my parents. Nice. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, And just to rebound it um, from more um, an, an outside perspective, how can people figure out their own values and goals in relation to money, especially in this case, emerging adults? Yeah, I think one of the most important things we can ask ourselves before, even like, what do I value? What do I want is what do I not want? I think that can sometimes be a little bit easier too, because sometimes we can look at, okay, maybe what examples that our parents set for us that weren't that good. And you can say, okay, I know for sure. I do not want to go down that path. Okay. So now what steps do I take? that are going to take me in the opposite direction or in a better direction, right? So I think that's a great place to start is what do I not want, right? So if, if I think to myself, you know, I've always known one of the things that matters to me the most is being able to travel. And I know we can't do that right now, but I'm very much looking forward to the day that we can. And so that's why, again, for me, I've always done that, like, pay yourself first thing, because, you know, when that flight ticket opens up, I know that I have that money there to be able to go do that. So I think asking ourselves those kind of questions, you know, what matters to me? What makes me excited? What um, do I want to avoid? You know, and really sitting down and I really recommend writing it out. 
that's something that anyone who's tested my program out, I've really made them sit down and write things out and then ask themselves why, you know, because if they say, I want to be able to buy a house one day. Okay, why? Is that because your parents did and you want to be able to achieve that same thing? Or is it something that truly matters to you and you say, I want to have an investment property for X, Y, Z reason, you know, because again, so many of our money stories and things that we're told are things that may not really come from us. So I think it is really important that we journal with these things and we talk about it with our friends and, and really do everything we can to ensure that we're, we're living true to ourselves and not being swayed by societal or family expectations. Okay, so um, with everything you said, like, what do, what do you say right now are your personal financial goals? Like, what are you striving for right now with your finances? Um, right now, I feel like I'm in a bit of a transition period where I st- I'm kind of starting to go through this whole process again myself, if I'm totally honest. Uh, for the past few years, I had lived with a roommate and, you know, was still in school. And now I'm like, okay, I'm officially live on my own as of a couple weeks ago. And I'm about to graduate in a couple weeks. So I've really been going through this process as much as the people I've been working on this program with. So it's actually been a really beautiful experience um, to do that. And so something for me that I'm starting um, to realize that I'm valuing is um, really just taking care of myself and not just in the sense of like paying myself first, like I've been saying, but just really like investing in myself in the sense that, for instance, I made sure to cut costs as much as I could while I was living with a roommate because I just felt like if I'm a student, I have to be as cheap as possible and all those things, right? But now the more that I've, you know, learned to shift my mindset on things, I think, wow, like, what were all the things that I cut out of my life because I didn't feel like having fun was worth the expense, you know? So now things like buying a bottle of wine on the weekend, I'm like, don't stress about it. It's okay. Like, I've done the math. I have the budget. It's good, you know? And sometimes I hear those stories that, you know, our societal stories or my parents' stories in the back of my head. And I'm, and I feel like no matter what, we're always going to be wrestling with that. I don't think there's a day where that completely goes away, right? Because money is such a taboo topic right now, in, and especially our culture. Um, so just learning to, you know, um, just take care of myself and have fun with things. And, you know, because I feel like for the longest time, I was so set on like, writing down every expense and managing every little detail that I couldn't just like chill and like live and have fun. And now like, if I want to get tickets to an event, I want to do that. Like there's a fun art exhibit happening. It's like, oh, you have to wear your mask. It's all COVID safe. Everything is happening. But like before I would have told myself, oh no, no, like don't do that because like it's just an event. Like it's not worth it. You might as well keep the money. But now I'm like, no, you know what? Especially in light of COVID and being like trapped in our houses for so long, I want nothing more than to just like enjoy and um, yeah, just be like peaceful. So that's a really big transition for me is going from like that penny pinching mindset that I had a few years ago of like standing in the grocery aisle and like debating over like a 25 cent difference in prices to being like, no, 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 I'm going to go for that like piece of meat because I know it, it, it tastes better. It might be more expensive, but like, I don't care, you know? So um, that's something that I'm really trying to implement a bit more. And I think it's great that you had like that shift in 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 like um, just mindset towards money because I think sometimes um, you know money does bring a lot of toxicity within people's lives and stuff. So it's really interesting. And I think the big thing you said was that you had the budget for it, right? And all that because of the fact that 
you already took care of yourself and i think that's the big thing right now that i'm i'm taking from you know this um this uh, podcast right now this episode right now is just the the importance of taking care of yourself and then um that sort of allows you to have that budget available to still enjoy life and still be able to do things that make you happy because at the end of the day right you're the most important thing is that you're happy and you're you're doing things that are making you happy and money is often a big stressor or a big like um obstacle to overcome to have um those things in your life so i think the the overall message here i think is to take the time to actually like you know take care of yourself first take this make care make sure you have that safety net for yourself um and also and then after that the the budget does come available uh, in the end um so continue moving back i just want to go back a little bit to the um just to wrap up a little bit about your um your program so moving forward with the program what are like your your future intentions with it like what is your overall goal um you know with future clients and stuff yeah i'd really like to partner with different universities and colleges and maybe even high schools um especially around canada to really make sure that you know as youth are transitioning into adulthood they feel prepared um to be able to start taking on those expenses themselves because if i look back i honestly don't want anyone to feel as crappy as i did about money and have to stand there and again in the grocery store like i always use this example because it's just so ridiculous when i look back <laughs> on it like why did I, I remember actually one time i was standing trying to buy spices and there was these little packs of spices that all cost a dollar and the guy at the grocery store asked me like oh do you need help picking something out and i was like oh no i'm just looking for something new to try and he saw me like staring at them for so long he's like you can pick a few they only cost a dollar and i was like oh yeah like why am i sitting here like stressing so much about buying like a one dollar bag of spices just to like test out a new recipe or something you know so that's probably the biggest thing for me is just that like emotional piece because at the end of the day like all of us have different goals right whether it is to buy a house or travel the world or you know have um family members you want to take care of or whatnot, right? And what those goals necessarily are doesn't really matter at the end of the day, as long as it's something that you're happy about. But just mm-hmm. I think that feeling day in and day out of not dreading when it's time to pay your credit card off, not feeling disappointed every time you spend too much money and you think, oh, no, like, how am I going to make ends meet now? Or, you know, just that stress of like, watching the cashier ringing your groceries and being like, oh shit, how am I going to pay for this? You know, that's not fun. And so, mm-hmm. you know, once I realized like, does it have to be like this? Is this what growing up is? Is this what money is? Is just like feeling crappy about it all the time? And once I asked myself that question and I thought, well, I don't think it has to be that way, was really when things started to shift and become a lot better. And that's why, like, again, maybe people wouldn't have expected me to answer the question about like what my financial goal is as like, just to enjoy life and enjoy money and not stress about it. Because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, if you have everything covered, money shouldn't be a big like thing in your head. You know, it just should be like, okay, I have some going here, I have some going there. I keep track of it, but it's not obsessive, you know? Yeah, I think like what you said about like who like who you would like to work with with the program in the future is something that's really important because I know for me personally like I got my first job when I was in high school so like as a high school student somebody who doesn't have any expenses like money goes out the window right away you know like you're just like I got money like where are we going all this stuff Mm -hmm. 
but something that I found like looking back now and realizing how much things were actually going to cost eventually for me like it would have been great to have had some sort of like class or like you know short little workshop explaining to me like what future investments or you know spending was going to look like because then maybe I would have you know saved a little bit more money from my part-time job and I would have been able to accumulate more and saved more over time so I think like the younger well I mean they're teens so it's not like super young but the younger group could really really benefit from like a program like yours just having that knowledge because then you can't ever say like oh nobody ever taught me the importance of money like if you're not getting it from home at least you could get it from school so yeah so I think that's really important um so just talking about younger selves and you know high school students what would be one piece of advice that you could go back in time and give to your younger self regarding finances I really like that question (laughs) wow oh boy um I feel like if I could go back and tell myself something would be to like not stress so much and also be very cautious of the language I use around money because I think we fall into this trap sometimes I'm gonna keep saying we but I fell into this trap Mm -hmm. of always feeling like I never had enough Mm -hmm. but I never had a definition of what enough was you know it's just like I don't have enough I don't have enough and I remember like friends would want to go out for dinner and I think oh that restaurant's really expensive like I don't have enough for that I shouldn't go to that but did I ever actually sit down and think okay how much fun would I have going out with those friends if you know I'm not doing this every week I probably can afford to go once in a while with my friends especially when I was younger and didn't have so many expenses and whatnot right but again those family stories that I had of like pay attention to every penny like don't spend money on useless stuff like Mm -hmm. don't go out for dinner all the time that's such a waste like that was so deep in like my psyche that I couldn't get past it Mm -hmm. and so looking back again I just feel like I missed out on a lot because I was just so scared to like spend a dime on anything yeah yeah I think a lot of people could relate to that actually I wish I could at that age I I was more impulsive to be honest like Alex you talk about first time gigs you know um uh, as some of you may already know I started working off at the, the YMCA you know um in the aquatics department and various departments throughout the years. Um, my first summer, I saved up. I didn't know any better what to do with my money. And I told in that case, if you don't know any better, then just like sit on it for a while. So I did. And then the next year, you know, I had finished high school. Um, I think it was my first year at Sage Up. I blew everything, you know, a solid amount of 2,500 bucks, you know, just went flying out the door. Everything I saved in one summer, just one thing after another, it was restaurants, it was going out to bars, you know, to clubs, having a good time, watching movies. And then come around the end of the year, um, December 20, 2014, yeah, I think I spent my last hundred bucks on someone's Christmas gift. And I'm just like, well, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, l- looking back on that now, I mean, I realized one of two things. A, um, I, I wish I had a little bit more preparation in terms to where the money was going, the budgeting, in other words, having a solid plan that didn't exist. In retrospect, I wish that was there. It wasn't for me to ultimately learn that lesson. And, but number two, I also realized that 
I'm very comfortable with this philosophy and I still live by it. Money is meant to be spent at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, you can grow it for something, you can invest it, but it, it, it ultimately goes towards something. The question is, what do you want it to go towards? And that's what you've been talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that comes back down to goals, Right. So, I mean, um, I need a brand new uh, desktop monitor slash TV. Right. Well, now I got to think about that. I got to look at what's what I, I, I got a budget. I got to plan it out. A part of me wants to be impulsive and just drop 200 bucks and get something. But I believe I can wait. Right. I can scout out what's what and I can make a plan for moving forward. Mm -hmm. Right. But ultimately, that's that's what I what ends up happening. So I think it's really it's interesting when we look back. Right. And seeing where we're coming from, where we are now and where we're going, especially with finances, because that it, it, it's a headache for most. It's stressful. It causes a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, I think something like this is 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 truly beneficial towards, you know, you know, defeating such feelings, you know, and giving us a bit more positivity and that confidence regarding moving forward. Yeah, I agree with you, Alan. Yeah. Shifting things a little bit over here. Um, so when I was doing some research on you and stuff for this podcast, I came across that um through your experiences right um where you got to go um and work over in you know canada china india laos and nicaragua um you said that you came to appreciate the role that finance plays um you know in people's lives and i just want to i just want to talk about that a little bit like what do you mean by that like how did you um come to appreciate those the, the role that finances plays yeah i uh, appreciate you doing some research on me that's so cute yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i'd say that i had a few really eye-opening experiences, especially coming from like a Western Canadian, like middle-class context of like, you know, you don't have to worry too, too much about what life uh, looks like. We're all pretty much, you know, pretty taken care of to some extent uh, over here. But for instance, um, when I traveled to India, I got to learn about um, microfinance as a kind of a, with a charity um, that we were working with and, and learning about down there. So, for instance, this organization would give uh, groups of women in different communities uh, a microfinance loan. So, you know, at the end of the day, it could be like something equivalent to 25 U.S. dollars or 100 U.S. dollars, nothing like huge, but it goes really far in, in some especially remote areas. And so just sitting down and listening to the stories of these women who had come together to start little businesses and whatnot was just like, was so incredible because they show us, for instance, there's one group of like four or five women who pulled their money together and they bought this machine that could help them make saris. And they were mm -hmm. so excited. Like they showed us their sari machine and they were telling us that, you know, a few years ago they had to sew everything by hand and it was just so difficult to be able to sustain themselves and their families and put their kids through school and everything because they just didn't have the resources. But once they were able to, you know, get that loan and come up with a strategy and a plan and everything like, their entire lives just changed and their whole community flourished. And we saw photos of what things look like before and things now and what their plans are for the future. And I just, something really clicked for me. of like, oh, okay. So, you know, if you don't have money, unfortunately, sometimes there's really not much you can do. You're, you're stuck mm -hmm. sometimes, right? But, you know, you can pay for education. You can pay for books, medication, you know, all those things. You know, unfortunately, it'd be great if we lived in a world where everyone could have access to all those things without having to pay for it. But the reality is you have to have some means to an end, right? And so, you know, money really is that thing that can unlock a lot of doors. 
And it can be something as simple as, you know, students here, you know, working their summer job to pay their tuition or, you know, groups of women in India teaming up together to start their own little businesses that, you know, end up helping their community like completely transform. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean when I say like the role that it plays in our lives, like sometimes you don't even realize it, right? You don't think about it, um, especially coming from the context that we live in. But mm-hmm. it's something that is really underlining everything that we do. I like what you had to say there. You know, um, at the end of the day, it's just it's it's weird to think to know and kind of upsetting that money does move the world and it does move our lives. Right. When there are so much more. I personally find like significant factors, but I think you are right in saying that it is a means to an end at the end of the day. So I think keeping that, that the bigger goal at hand is really important. What you value, of course. Um, there's one thing that I'm, I'm very curious, little scenario. Uh, I think I've, I've brought it up with uh, a few people before, um, but I'm just going to throw it your way. If in one day, in one day, if you had to spend $50,000, someone gifted you $50,000, right? One day, 24 hours, what would you spend your money on, invest it, put it towards? Let's hear it. That's such a juicy question. I like that one. Um, immediately, I started thinking of getting all my friends and family together in one location. So I don't know if I would like fly everyone out somewhere or maybe like fly my family from Edmonton and friends back from Edmonton to Montreal or something and like rent a big hall and have good food and a big party and just put everyone I love together in a big room and just have a big celebration like or maybe we'd all fly to like some beautiful island or something (laughs) but I don't know $50,000 does that get you like a private island like I'm not sure how expensive private islands are but (laughs) (laughs) something like that just putting bringing everyone together, maybe buying like beautiful outfits for everyone to wear and just having like the biggest party because my entire life, like my parents are divorced. So my entire life, I've always been back and forth between uh, cities. So it would be nice to just be like, you know what? Christmas is happening. Everyone's together. You know, no one's going to have to be apart. So I think that would be really fun. Yeah. That sounds like a fun time. That does sound pretty good. Sounds sounds realistic. Yeah. (laughs) I think we could do it. Who has $50,000 to gift Maria? <laughs> nope. You're not going to give it to me at the end of the day? Don't got $50 to give myself or $50,000, <laughs> no, no less, you know? So. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I probably spent it all on food the last, <laughs> the last 24 years. <laughs> okay. So to kind of wrap up everything... We have one last question. So you've already given a piece of advice you could give to yourself in the future, but now we would like you to give us or people who are listening to this podcast right now one piece of advice, like anything that you could offer to us and the listeners. Okay. Mm probably aside from the pay yourself first thing which again i'll reiterate everyone should pay themselves first okay? um, aside from that um i think a really interesting technique that we can use to budget is something called the 50 30 20 rule or mm-hmm. more of a guideline that's a rule i like to use more of a guideline but it goes by uh, allocating 50 percent of your income towards your essential expenses like your groceries utilities rent then 20 percent goes towards future you So any 
goals, savings, investments, things like that. And the remaining 30% for things in the moment that you want to do, fun activities, other little goals and hobbies that you have. Um, and I really like that because once you do the breakdown of what 50% of your income is, what 20% is, what 30% is, I like it because you, I feel like you no longer have to like write down every expense and remember every expense. You just know like whatever that ratio is, let's say 50% is $2,000. Then you know you have $2,000 to make all these things work, right? And then you have the 20% and 30%. So for me, I always really disliked having to write everything down. And I feel like a lot of people do. It makes everything feels so like boring and tiresome and just heavy of like tracking every expense. But once you figure out that ratio, then you have so much more room to play. And if you want to add a new goal or something, then you can, you have that wiggle room to say, okay, maybe I'll take out 10% here and add 10% there so I can focus on this new project or this new thing that I want to do. Right. So I really like that. You can also, you know, literally draw out that pie chart for yourself and create more of a visual if you're more of a visual learner. So I'd say that something to look into is the 50, 30, 20 budget. Hmm. Very interesting. That's interesting for real. Mm -hmm. That sounds useful. It sounds like, I mean, a tool, if you like, you could send it our way. I mean, just to get the word spreading about that. Um, I'm a visual learner myself, and I think visualizing my money mm -hmm. before me instead of just like blowing it instantly like I used to <laughs> yeah. probably be more beneficial towards the future. Mm -hmm. uh, could definitely be beneficial towards a younger Alan. That's mm -hmm. the, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> I think that's solid. Um, that's um, everything, you know, uh, that I would like to ask you. Are there any questions, Alex Luca, you know, left over? No, sir. Pretty good. She financed us. You did. You did. Yeah, we, we got future mead there. Future mead. Future mead. Future mead finance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boom. Future mead finance. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which can be found down in the link below. If yes. You're and checking out Maria's stuff. Yes, we will definitely link those. <laughs> we got that. Maria, thank you for joining uh, the Alpha Squad this evening to talk about you know, the importance of mindset, values, goals mm -hmm. regarding finances. I already feel more confident about my own stuff more educated mm -hmm. i think there's a lot to learn from this episode and a lot to take home with you you know mm -hmm. so, yeah i'm definitely using a lot of these things uh as we continue transitioning into this next thing does next that mean uh, like Luca. you're gonna buy half the mcflurries you did last summer this summer <laughs> whatever fits within my 20 percent, alan yo that's step one though. hey he's already learning he's already learning we got this beautiful <laughs> Um, Maria, as uh, you are a great fan of this podcast, there are magic words that we say at the end. <laughs> Any chance you could, uh, you know, perhaps say them if you remember them? She's no? Like, nah, what's going on? Wow. What's going on? <laughs> Some fan, Maria. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. I was dreading this. I thought, well, that's the other podcast. They're going to make me do the outro. I was, like, I, was, I was nervous about this since the minute y'all asked. I was like, oh gosh, we gotta do the outro. <laughs> I don't know whose episode, but someone messed it up like six times and I've been terrified ever since. <laughs> was it Ron? Was that Ron's? Uh, maybe. I know uh, someone Someone messed it up and I'm like, oh shoot. God bless I want to mess it up. I want to do good for you guys. You wasn't, it a, wasn't it Faisal? Oh, it was Faisal. No, it was Faisal. Listen, Ron was the original um, messer upper and then Faisal just took it to a whole new level. So <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> he, wild. he started the whole say it however you want to say it. He, yeah. <laughs> he drove change forward in that moment right there. He did. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, I think I can do it. If I do it, I'm going to splay it for you guys, okay? Yeah, 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 you got it. Okay. I'll watch. Watch me mess it up. Okay. Are we good? Are we ready? Anytime? Yes. Anytime. Okay. It's all you. Okay. This is Alpha Relations driving change forward. Yes. Yes. You got, <laughs> you got it. it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> well done. Well done. Not butchered whatsoever. Well said. <laughs> all, right, all right, guys. We wish you well. Be safe out there. Luca, tell it like it is. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hit that subscribe button if you're new. Turn on post notifications. Um, if you're on other platforms, hit that follow button for future episodes. And as well, follow us on Instagram for all future updates and posts for when episodes are dropping. Thanks for listening again. Peace, Peace. out. Peace. Bye.